Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, sports fans? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on a Monday. So glad that you could join the show. Oh, that was such a wild and crazy night. And I'm not even talking about something sports related. We do have a great show. Yeah, I'll get into the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock. But we have some Final Four teams that punch their ticket It's an all-blue-blood Final Four. In fact, an anticipated matchup that I've been waiting for my entire life. You had some wild free agency in the NFL. Von Miller signs with the Bills. Tyreek Hill is traded to the Miami Dolphins. What does that mean for the market for wide receivers? And is Debo Samuel in trouble by not getting that extension from the 49ers? Albert Pujols re-signs with the Cardinals. And we do have some local baseball teams here in Columbus and LaGrange that have taken their league by storm as they have been amazing. And I'll get into the United States inches away from qualifying for the World Cup. All right, it's been on everybody's mind since last night. In fact, I didn't even hear about it till 2 in the morning when I was rolling through my phone like I normally do, and it sent shockwaves around the world. It wasn't sports-related. Of course, this is a sports podcast. Last night at the 94th Oscars, Will Smith did win Oscar for Best Actor for his role of Richard Williams in the movie Keen Richard. So, yeah, it's sports-related, a good sports movie, you know, the father of Serena and Venus Williams. But minutes before Chris Rock gets up there, he gets ready to present Best Documentary. First of all, dude, don't go into a monologue. You're not hosting. He cracks a joke on Will Smith's wife, Jada Pickett-Smith, a G.I. Jane joke because she has a bald head. Well, it seemed like Will Smith was laughing, but Jada wasn't having it. I don't know what she told him. She probably said, hey, you need to do something about it. He gets up and slaps Chris Rock. It wasn't staged. That was a real slap. That is going to be a meme forever. And then Chris Rock, with his composure, not touching his face, and going right into the presentation, stumble with his words a little bit. But Will Smith gets back to his seat and says, you keep my wife's name out your mouth. And I can't repeat the word that he said. He said it twice. This sent shockwaves around the world. It's the most shocking thing I've ever seen. I didn't see it live on TV. I think the most shocking thing I saw live on TV was the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. I didn't see this. Of course, I don't watch the Oscars. We're talking about the Oscars this morning because of that. And it's taken a pause on the sports world. The sports world is talking about it. It's incredible. I want to see the fallout. I want to see if Will Smith does apologize to Chris Rock. I immediately did a Google search. I wanted to see what relationship do these two have? Have they ever been in a movie together? 
Well, Chris Rock in the final season of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a guest. That was where he played his sister as well. And he was a stand-up comedian on Hillary Banks' talk show. And Will had to take out his sister. So that was a funny episode. But that's really the only time I think those two have ever been in a TV slash movie together. I'm wondering if the comment he made about Jada Pickett-Smith's boycotting of the Oscars in 2016 retaliated Will Smith and he had more fuel to the fire. Chris Rock is a comedian. He's going to make jokes, but some jokes you might cross the line. I mean, we live in a sensitive world now where comedians can't really have the humor that they want to have. I hope it resolves itself because I'm a fan of both. I love Chris Rock as a comedian. I wish he did better movies. And uh, Will Smith is one of my favorite actors. I mean, he's had some flops. But uh, Key Richard, great movie. Uh, He was in another sports movie that was great, Concussion. Uh, Not so great in Wild Wild West. And uh, he's, I just, I'm still waiting for Men in Black 4. Uh, Will Smith, uh, you know, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was my favorite sitcom growing up as a kid. I mean, I can't say anything bad about the guy. This does hurt his image. It really does. I I think that uh, him apologizing afterwards when he got his Oscar, but he didn't apologize directly to Chris Rock. So you're probably wondering, why are you spending five minutes on a sports podcast talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? Because it's what everybody's talking about this morning. So yes, moving on. All right. What a run the St. Peter's had. They were a 15 seed. They reached the Elite Eight. No 15 seed has ever gotten as far as St. Peter's. Congratulations to them, but they did fall short to North Carolina. Miami reaches the Elite Eight for the first time in school history. They fall short to Kansas. I don't know what happened in that second half. They were outscored 47-15 to by the Kansas Jayhawks. They were up 36-29 to at halftime. I thought it was going to be a good game, and I'm like, oh, Miami's got a shot at going to the Final Four. But Kansas moves on. Villanova moves on to beat Houston, so they're in the Final Four. Once again, Jay Wright gets a Villanova team to the Final Four. I'm not sure if they have a shot at beating Kansas with their starting guard out with that Achilles injury. And then the matchup we all want to see. I mean, earlier last year, we had two rivals face each other in the postseason, the Giants and the Dodgers in the NLDS. Now we finally... This has never happened. Finally, we get Duke and North Carolina in March Madness. Duke and North Carolina will take each other on seven miles of Tobacco Road, the most historic rivalry in college basketball. And first-year head coach Hubert Davis took North Carolina, a number eight seed. They beat St. Peter's. I mean, it was it was just beatdown. It was a beatdown. Duke was able to get by Arkansas. And now you have four Final Four teams with at least three championships. There's no underdogs, all blue bloods. Is this what college basketball fans want to see? I want to see at least one team that has never made it to the Final Four in the Final Four, just about every year. If it wasn't for Duke and North Carolina playing in the Final Four, I probably wouldn't watch it. Uh, I'm not interested in seeing Villanova and Kansas. Both have three titles. Great for them, but... I'm a more compelling college basketball fan that likes to see parody. I talked about this on the show. I like to see parody. I like to see a Virginia win the title. I like to see Baylor win the title. I like to see a Miami make it to the Final Four for the first time in school history. That's the type of college basketball I want to see. 
right? The Lakers stumble again. They are now the 10th seed. They had a 26-point lead against the New Orleans Pelicans, and Brandon Ingram steals the hearts of Laker fans. And This is getting ridiculous. We don't know when Anthony Davis is going to come back, but you're now the 10th seed, which means you're going to play that play-in game on the road. You got to win two play-in games on the road just to get the number eight seed and take on the Suns. It doesn't look good for the Lakers. They need to look to next season. This experiment with Russell Westbrook is not working. But now, moving over to the Eastern Conference, New York has lifted the vaccine mandate and Kyrie Irving can now play home games at the Barclays Center. Is the Brooklyn Nets now the team to beat? Well, they didn't do themselves any favors by losing to the Charlotte Hornets last night. But Brooklyn, right now the number eight seed, would play Cleveland, the number seven seed, which I feel they would win that. If they're the number eight seed, they're going to get the number seven seed. They'll play either Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. It's up for grabs for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Can Brooklyn, a healthy Brooklyn with the KD and Kyrie, take down one of those top number one seeds? I think they would have problems with Milwaukee, especially if Brooke Lopez comes back. They would have problems with Philly because they don't have an answer inside the paint for Joel Embiid. But mark my words, the two best closers in the game right now, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the same team. That is a dangerous team. And plus, we don't know the health of Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons coming back to this lineup could be an X factor for Brooklyn as well. Well, locally here in Columbus and LaGrange, the baseball teams are just heating up. The Columbus State Cougars baseball team takes two out of three against Young Harris, and they are now 25-5 and on the season, 10-2 and in the Peach Belt. They are ranked seventh in the NCAA Division II. Meanwhile, in NCAA Division III, LaGrange College is ranked sixth as they are 20-2 and overall. And so I'm very impressed with how these two baseball teams have played so far. And I know that the high school baseball season is wrapping up. I'll get into high school baseball playoffs. LaGrange, the Grangers are great. They're undefeated in region play. And I'm looking forward to high school baseball. Hopefully they can ask me to be a play-by-play announcer for high school tournaments. That would be amazing. Just a reminder, the Columbus River Dragons, they split the series with the Delaware Thunder after beating the Carolina Thunderbirds on Wednesday night, a rare Wednesday night game at the Columbus Civic Center. The River Dragons are battling for that number two seed in the Federal Prospects Hockey League with the Danbury Hat Tricks. It's going down to the wire. They have another road contest, and then they will have another home contest on April 9th and 10th. I can't wait for the River Dragons to get into the playoffs. Also, just a reminder, this week is the final two home games for the Columbus Rapids as on March the 31st, they will take on the Memphis Americans and on April the 1st, they will take on the Rome Gladiators. It is military night at the Columbus Civic Center. If you are a member of the military, you'll get discounted tickets, but MWR donated about 3,000 tickets to the MWR at Fort Benny. Hopefully, that will be a packed house. Hopefully, we'll get the largest crowd at the Columbus Civic Center for a Columbus Rapids game. And then the playoffs start up in Fayetteville, April the 2nd and 3rd. Well, I do have a special show today because I got Rob Frazier and Gabe Riddles on the show. I'm going to cut back to 
three days a week. So I'm going to have a extended show and then I will break off that show to air on the radio on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, which you can hear my show from five to five 30, right after Rick Smith and right before Bryce Coon. So it should be fun having both of them on the show. And I'm kind of curious to see what our brackets look like now, which they are just paper airplanes. I, none of my final four picks made it to the final four. None. Congratulations to the United States men's national team, Christian Pelusic getting a hat trick. They defeated Panama 5-1. to one. They currently have 25 points. But meanwhile, Costa Rica stands right in their way Wednesday night. All they have to do is avoid losing to Costa Rica 6-0, and they will clinch a spot in the World Cup. Remember, the top three teams in CONCACAF will make it to the World Cup. The team that's ranked fourth will play in a consolation tournament against New Zealand. Canada, with 28 points, clinches the World Cup, and for the first time since 1986, Canada will be in the World Cup. The United States and Mexico both with 25 points, but the United States has a goal differential. So how important was that 0-0 draw to Mexico last week? Very important because now their spot in the World Cup is all but clinched. All they have to do is avoid losing to Costa Rica 6-0. They will take on Costa Rica in Costa Rica on Wednesday. Well, I've had a pretty good pre-show before I get Rob and Gabe on here. I wonder how they feel about Chris Rock and Will Smith. I spent the first five minutes of my show talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. I mean, come on, give me a break. That is the biggest story this morning. I was listening to Sports Talk Radio. Everybody is talking about it. Well, the St. Louis Cardinals signed Albert Pujols. He's going to be a designated hitter for the Cardinals. Hopefully one day, the Atlanta Braves will bring Freddie Freeman back, but I highly doubt it. All right, well, it's time to bring Rob and Gabe on the show. I'm always looking forward to these shows when I have both of them on at the same time. It's been a while since I've had both of them on at the same time, and it should be fun. Just a reminder that I am going back to three days a week starting this week. So we will have a show on Wednesday, and then on Friday, stay tuned for the second half of the interview with Justin Dale as we wrap up the Georgia seasons in the Kirby Smart era. It should be fun as I get his reaction on how he feels with Georgia winning the national championship. All right, back with Gabe and Rob. You don't want to go anywhere. Welcome back to the show. I am joined by... Gabe Reynolds and Rob Frazier, I've had you both on the podcast before. It's great to hear from you guys. Thank you for joining me such on short notice on this Monday. First of all, before we get started, Gabe, I don't know what it is that you're like Nostradamus. You called it. St. Peter would advance to the Elite Eight. And didn't you have Duke and North Carolina on one side of your bracket? I did. I did. I got three of them right. I told you, all St. Peter's had to do was ignore the noise. All they had to do was ignore the noise going into the week. Shaheem Holloway did a great job of keeping his guys focused on what was to what was to be done. And they were prepared and they were ready to go. One thing about them, they came to play. They they didn't let the moment get too big. They were right there and they hung with them. Carolina just they right now is this is what's called for us in basketball, hey, you're peaking at the right time. 
you're starting to come together and you're peaking at the right time. And they picked an opportune time to play their best basketball. Now, granted, they had some people getting knocked out of their way along that path, but their biggest hurdle was going to be UCLA, and they handled UCLA with no problem. Duke, I mean, Coach K is still playing another day. You know, everybody thought Arkansas was going to give them a good run, but Arkansas, you know, basically leveled the playing field for Duke by taking out number one seed Gonzaga. Arkansas, Arkansas did a great job for taking out Gonzaga with help Duke. But when Dante fouled out for Arkansas in the uh, second half of that game, they had no more. They didn't have another scoring punch to uh, counter what Duke was giving them, and Duke was able to take advantage of it. So, Rob, how's your bracket looking? How's my bracket looking? <laughs> my how's anybody's looking bracket like looking? Yeah, no kidding. My bracket's looking like everybody else in the country. <laughs> but I did, I did enjoy the games this weekend. Uh, so happy for uh, St. Peter's. But once again, we've got to get somebody to beat Kansas by at least fifty points. I mean, is that too much to ask? Let me tell you something, Rob. I watched that game. Miami had the lead at, at the first half. Kansas just went on another level, forty-seven to fifteen. Are you kidding me? In that second half, they are a good team, but uh, you know we share our uh, our dislike for uh, Kansas Jayhawks. Go ahead, Gabe. Well, I was going to say, Richard, I told you, Remy Martin was going to be the key in that game, uh, and Remy Martin coming out the injury is rounding into form at the right time, and he he if if he keeps playing, Remy Martin can be a very dominant athlete, and he could take over a game at any time, and he did that the other day against uh, Miami. Yeah, I was pulling for Miami. I wanted to see them get to the Final Four. They made it to the Elite Eight for the first time in school history, but Ochai Abaji was he's all, he was playing another level. 18 points, and then the big man in the middle for the Kansas Jayhawks, David McCormick, was a beast among men, and when Kansas went on that run, you could tell that crowd was an all-Kansas crowd. It, you know, Miami had no shot. I mean, they they couldn't get anything going in that second half. I mean, you only put up 15 points in the second half. Kansas defense just locked down, and they suffocated Miami. And they forced Miami. Miami wasn't able to get into the uh, paint like they wanted to. Uh, they weren't able to run their offense. They couldn't get set. Kansas forced them into taking a lot of shots that they weren't comfortable and take it. All right, so gentlemen, let's talk about this Final Four. We have all four Blue Bloods. All four teams have won multiple titles. Everybody has won at least three titles. Villanova gets the win over Houston over the weekend. They're going to be without their guard, Taze Moore, as he is out with an Achilles injury. I think that that's going to be a big factor going up against Kansas. But gentlemen, the matchup I really want to see, the whole country wants to see, is Duke and North Carolina, two historic rivals, probably one of the greatest rivalries in sports, meeting for the very first time in the NCAA tournament. Is that going to get you to, to watch the Final Four just for the Duke-North Carolina angle? Our brackets are looking as bad as a Will Smith slap across the face of Chris Rock. <laughs> what do you think about that, Gabe? I, I don't know if it was real or not, but I felt, I felt that slap, though. I felt it. 
they are actors. They did a good job with it one way or another. Uh, Jerry Lawler was on Memphis Radio this morning talking about how it reminded him of, of him and Andy Kaufman back in the day on the David Letterman show. <laughs> but, gentlemen, I know this is a sports podcast, and I, I spent the first five minutes talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. Everybody, including sports talk radio stations, are talking about this. I had no intention of was- watching the Oscars last night. Congratulations to Will Smith. He wins Best Actor for King Richard, a sports movie. I mean, there's your sports angle, gentlemen. But we are talking about it. We're not talking about Bruno, but we are talking about this. And it's on everybody's mind. Um, I had to do a Google search. I wanted to see if Will Smith worked has ever worked with Chris Rock. And yes, lo and behold, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Chris Rock was a guest on the final season of The Fresh Prince. I, I got to go back and watch that episode. I'm captivated by Chris Rock and Will Smith now. Well, see, they were they were good then. It started back in 2015 when uh, Will and Jada were boycotting the Oscars and Chris Rock started making jokes. Uh, and a lot of his jokes were aimed at uh, Jada, his wife. So last night, was a after you know Jada came out and said she had uh the the disease that uh causes hair loss Chris Rock made that comment and it was it had been building since 2015 so and then they had some social media uh interaction too where um Will Smith had said uh happy birthday to his ex-wife and then said, I love her. And Chris Rock made a comment on there. So it had been building since then. And it just finally got to a head last night. But I also do realize, you know, Chris Rock's a comedian. He's going to make jokes. That, that that joke was in bad taste. I, I admit it was. But he's not hosting. He doesn't need to go into a monologue and crack jokes. He's there to present an award. And... I also think that Will Smith just loves the media attention with the whole his family in the spotlight, the whole entanglement. His crying meme is just everywhere. By the way, this is going to be a meme now. So, I mean, here we are talking about this on a sports podcast. Yeah, it it it, it diminished the fact that Will won last night. But I mean, it's what's hiding the streets right now. Like, 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 uh, like Rick James said to Charlie Murphy, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was a good movie, by the way. Uh, you know, him playing the uh, father of the uh, Williams sisters. So, I mean, congr- congratulations to him on that. That, that was a, a great sports movie for sure. Yeah. I'll have to go check it out. Um, I don't want Chris Rock to be a habitual line stepper. That's all. I probably won't be watching the final four because I'll be at work doing some military training, but I actually am looking forward to seeing the highlights of Duke and North Carolina. It's going to be a very compelling day, very compelling game. I feel like Villanova and Kansas Villanova would have a shot if Moore didn't have the Achilles injury. I mean, they lost their leader, their floor general. And I think that it's going to be a tall task to go up against Kansas. Like you said, Gabe, Remy Martin is, is starting to, get get back healthy and now Kansas is the number one seed left in this tournament I think that makes them the odds on favorite but all the blue bloods I mean we could talk about each program 
and what they have done to accomplish. First of all, Hubert Davis in his first year as North Carolina head coach, making it to the final four as an eight seed. Great job by him. And then Villanova, you know, once again, three final fours in the last six seasons. What has impressed you the most about these four teams reaching? What impressed you the most about these four teams reaching the final four? All four teams, their journey to get here. I would say what's impressed me the most would be probably the consistency of their play with Duke. Duke coming into the tournament with all the pressure of it being Coach K's uh, final run, losing the ACC championship to uh, to Virginia Tech, losing on senior night Coach K's final home game to Carolina, and those guys just rebounding and putting it all back together and becoming consistent. That's probably the biggest thing that I get from Duke. Carolina, their consistency of starting to jail together. Carolina was never a true number eight seed. They just got seeded low because of those early season losses. Starting to play together now. They found their groove right here in the tournament, and that's what's working for them. Nova, Nova has been like just running through all season. They're, they're not up and down. They're very consistent, but their style of play is good. Jay Wright was only playing six people in his rotation, and that's going to be trimmed down to five now that uh, the young man got hurt at the tail end of the game the other day. Kansas, you're starting to see what Kansas could have been all season long. It's going to be a great Final Four, but I'll give you my, my predictions of who's going to be in the championship game and who's going to win it a little bit later. Okay. Well, gentlemen, just looking at that first matchup, I mean, Villanova taking on Kansas. You also have Duke and North Carolina. Just the factor that Duke and North Carolina. Gabe, Rob, in your opinion, where does it rank as the greatest rivalry in sports? When we talk about Yankees-Red Sox, Michigan-Ohio State, Alabama-Auburn, San Francisco-Los Angeles – where does it rank? I think it's right up there. Like, that's probably the the most heated rivalry in all of college sports. Maybe outside of uh, Alabama-Auburn, Tennessee-Alabama, these schools are separated literally by seven miles. Wow. Seven miles. And living in North Carolina uh, for a while, I've experienced that Tobacco Road uh, rivalry. When Chapel Hill and Durham, they're that close. So these players, these students, they interact very often. And in North Carolina, you're either one of two. You're either a Tar Heel fan or you're a Duke fan. Nobody really cares about NC State or Wake Forest. It is literally you're either Duke or you're Carolina, and that's it. So it is really up there. That atmosphere and those games are like, it's something you've never seen before. If you ever get a chance to experience a Duke Carolina game at Cameron Indoor or at the Dane Dome, you have got to put that on your bucket list to check that out. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. It'll be a great game. And Hubert Davis has got Carolina scoring lots of points and uh, playing really well. And uh, Coach K, he's enjoying this run. And 
And I have kind of changed my mind a little bit about Coach K. You know, remember Gabe's uh, Gabe's uh, story about interacting with Coach K from a couple weeks ago. So I'm excited to see the game. I think it'll be a, a fun game, a great game. I don't really have a preference. But we talked about this, Richard. There's a possibility we might end up with Duke and Kansas as the national championship. Oh, well, let's hope not. I mean, a rematch of the 1991 championship. And uh, that started my hatred for Duke. You know, I know that you broke the news, Gabe, uh, last week about your uh, announcement. Uh, Rob is yet to hear the announcement. So what was that announcement again? So a couple of weeks ago, I was named the new head girls basketball coach at Ezell Harding Christian School in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. So you're uh... – you're already thinking about the possibilities and uh, you got that playbook looking at who your players are going to be. Now, I don't know if you're allowed to recruit, but I know if you are that you'll do your best. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, unofficially, unofficially, officially, I can recruit. I went and watched some of my players uh, play with their AAU teams this weekend. So I've seen some of them. They're young, but they're scrappy. They're athletic, and they're going to get out and run. So I'm excited to uh, get going with them. All right, run and gun. Yeah, run and gun. So, so hey, if you go to one of, Ga- uh, to one of uh, Gabe's games, it'll be fun and entertaining. Hey, let's talk about that for a minute, Richard and Gabe. I'm concerned a trend that I'm seeing in college basketball is some low scoring, and I'm just not a fan of these games. And maybe it's just fatigue, you know, because they're late in the tournament. But a lot of these games that are like 60-something to 50-something, man, like I, I just – I struggle to stay with those kind of games. What do you guys think? Well, especially on the women's side, look at what South Carolina's defense is doing to teams like Howard and Creighton. And, uh, by the way, we did not touch up on the women's Final Four as South Carolina and Stanford make it into the women's Final Four. And, of course, tonight we'll find out who the other two teams are. More likely it's going to be UConn and Louisville. But uh, I know, Gabe, you're a big fan of women's college basketball. Same thing as the South Carolina's defense. I mean, it, you see it on both sides. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the, the, the scoring, when you get like this, when you get this late at this point, you can't go out and run and gun like you want to. A lot of it now becomes a defensive focus. You got a chance. But what happens if their defense is – you can't score. Things now starting to be possessions more uh, this late in the, uh, in the tournament, especially uh, going toward – that's what happened with Auburn a few weeks ago. Auburn can get out and go, but Auburn couldn't defend. Down and defend. So teams like Kansas – Teams like St. Peter's, that they just ran it. They just had a bad shooting night uh, yesterday, and they they ran into a bus out in North Carolina. Well, I'm glad you mentioned St. Peter's, Gabe. Let's talk about St. Peter's, the most historic run by a 15 seed. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd see a 15 seed in the Elite Eight. You called it. They beat Purdue. They ran out of gas against North Carolina. North Carolina just ran the floor on them. They were not clearly an eight seed. But St. Peter's run was memorable. Their head coach is on to become the next head coach at Seton Hall. Gentlemen, will we ever see a 15 seed ever make it all the way to the Elite Eight again? All I'm going to say is anything is possible. I mean, that's a hard feat to do. We've only had three 15 seeds make it all the way to the Sweet 16. Nine 15 seeds have made it past the first round. Get this, only 0.03% 
of the people's brackets had St. Peter's at the Elite Eight. The majority of the brackets had Kentucky beating St. Peter's. Maybe that 0.3% was uh, St. Peter's fans, huh? Yeah, probably. <laughs> There's not many of them. They, they only have enrollment of, what, 2,000, 3,000? Yeah, it's a, small, it's a real small school. And I was looking. I was looking at the regular season for St. Peter's. They weren't even first in their conference. Iona had 25 wins, and they were first in their conference. St. Peter's didn't really have a quality win all year. Their RPI had to be in the hundreds. That's but you know those those one bid leagues. Like Iona was the favorite to go to the tournament, but that's the beauty of March and those one bid leagues. Anything can happen. And all it takes is one team to just be hot at the right time to pull that upset. Love their story. Love how it, you know, got everybody excited about the tournament. Love the way they played. Uh, looks like he's heading off to Seton Hall. So, uh, what do you think about the uh, coaching carousel, Gabe? The uh, people leaving to take other jobs at SEC is going to have some new coaches and um, – Lots of new hires being made already. I mean, that's the you know every every job you get is a stepping stone. Like I don't I don't fault them or I don't knock them because I just did it my own self. Um, I was an assistant. We had a pretty good season, and I turned that good season as an assistant coach into a head coaching job. So it happens, you know, all the time. I just you know. I know the fan base, they're probably, like, upset because he's left. What more can you do at a school that you're at where you have limited resources? Him going to Seton Hall, remember, he played at Seton Hall. He graduated from Seton Hall, so he's an alum. He's not going far. He's just going um, back to home. He's still in the New York, New Jersey area. And, I mean, he had to capitalize. What, what, what could he do going back to St. Peter's next year? Yeah, you can't top that for sure. Exactly. So it was beneficial for him to just go ahead and go. Stay tuned for Wednesday's episode as I'm going to have Rob on again. Hope everybody has a great day, and we will talk to you later. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.